welcome back to Indie Discovery, Rock Paper Shotgun's podcast all about the wonderful world of indie games. I'm one of your hosts, Rachel Watts, and today I'm joined by my two lovely co-hosts, Rebecca Jones. Hello. And Liam Richardson. Hi. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. I don't know what that was. <laughs> hey Give there. myself a fright there. Hey, it's me. I'm here. Let's go. <laughs> it's episode eight, and today we've planned a sort of review special episode where we chat about four recently released indies and what we think about them. So yeah, today Rebecca will be chatting about the monster dating sim Romance Sylvania. Liam will be taking us through his thoughts on reverse city builder Terra Nil. I'll be diving into the cheeky puzzle adventure storyteller, and then we'll round off the podcast by talking about Dredge, the horror fishing game by Black Salt games and i'm so excited for dredge but yes let's let's uh have some structure to the podcast and um yeah so how are you guys doing how is everything going and how long will it take us you know before we start talking about olives or olive chat <laughs> something that right now right what's now? your olive opinions <laughs> indie game podcast what do you think about olives should Wait. we should we give some context for olive yes, chat i think I we should to say. i think we probably ought to at this point <laughs> So when we we recorded episode one of the podcast before Christmas, just before, yeah, in like December, weeks and weeks before we um we put it live. But I think before we even recorded episode one, we did a, a summit with everyone on the RPS staff down in Brighton. So it was one of the rare occasions where all of us were together in the same room. And we're out for dinner one evening, and I was talking to Harder at the James <laughs> yes, and yes. Catherine, and I just—I think I was sat next to you, Rebecca, mm-hmm. and you just like tapped me on the shoulder, and I turned around. And I can't remember exactly what you said to me, but it was something along the lines of, "Do you like olives?" And I said, "Yeah, I do. I love olives. Big fan. Big fan of olives." And you went, "Oh, thank God, we like olives as well." Yes. You and Rachel. Um, we should talk about this on the podcast. Yes. <laughs> Yes. And it was in that moment I knew that the three of us were going to be okay as hosts of this podcast. Olives can go either way though. Some people are like really into them or really against them. So you never know what someone's going to come out with, yeah. with olives. Mm-hmm. It's just That's like, very true. you know, so it was yes. a fair question. Very direct, but fair question. Yes, was a great, great question. I was like uh, two gin and tonic and three pints deep. So I was more than happy to give my opinion on olives. Yeah. It, it, what, uh, do you know that? Um, I've forgotten how to speak. You know, people say that olives are one of those rare foods that the more you eat, the more you train yourself to like them. Do you yes. think that's real or is it bollocks? Let's litigate this mm. now. I don't know because I just always liked them. So, oh really? You know, okay. that's. But then I have a very, I have a very strange palate. I like, right, I like okay. extreme. Let's get tastes. into it. Yeah. <laughs> what are we talking Ooh, about? Like what extreme, extreme taste? taste? Yeah. Well, you know, like that, I like that stuff that's very. I like um, less less so than I used to, but I've always liked very spicy food, and you know, very oh. very like salty or very like umami food or just anything that tastes you Ooh. know very distinctive. Like the same, the foods that people are generally like love it or hate it. Ironically, except for Marmite, it. I love it. <laughs> but not Marmite. I, Marmite's all right. I am like one of the few people I know with no strong opinion about Marmite. <laughs> Ironically. It sounds like you have a refined palate <laughs> rather than a, a picky one. It does sound one. very distinguished. <laughs> yeah. I'm lucky I still it sounds do. Sounds like you like flavour. I'm lucky I still do because I did eat a scotch bonnet once. <laughs> What's a what? scotch bonnet? You know, the really hot chili. It's not like the hottest chili, but it's a pretty hot chili. Um <gasps> Oh my when god. When you say you ate one, 
What was the context? Like, it's part of a meal or just because you were bored? Part of a meal. I do. I would probably okay. do it because I was bored. Um, <laughs> but there was, when I lived in Nottingham, there's a really nice uh, restaurant in Nottingham called Annie's Burger Shack, which is like an independent Ooh. burger restaurant. And they do a lot of very, very like cool and weird bespoke burger recipes. And one of them is called the Death Ray, uh, which I loved because it was sci-fi themed. And it has, the it's, it's got scotch bonnet, I think, in the in the mix. And then also just like one on top as like a bit of a garnish um and I usually leave the one that's on top but one day I was there I'd had a few drinks because it was my leaving do from a job I was in and so uh, like I see where three, this is going three beers in it turns out you can eat a scotch bonnet and it doesn't really matter <laughs> I, I mean I, I think that's very dependent on the person uh I think a scotch bonnet would kill me I don't drink much so three beers <laughs> fair okay three beers I was like, I, I, yeah you like let's go know. yeah exactly that's incredible <laughs> have i have i told you about the uh, pub near me that does wild burgers no no wild uh, burgers just you're talking about death rate there's a, a pub around the corner from me uh which i probably shouldn't name because it's very close to where i live but they do or they did a burger called the dirty thoughts of cheryl cole which was <laughs> Two beef patties, cheese, Heinz beans, and an entire Greg sausage roll <laughs> in the burger. Um, and they got a cease and desist from Greg's oh <laughs> for like God. using their ingredients. Not from Cheryl Cole. No, not from Cheryl Cole. No, Cheryl I assume was she fine. was fine with it. Yeah. 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 All right. It was, it was Greg's that had the issue with it. That's incredible. Love that. I love, I love an unhinged themed burger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This convers even for us, this conversation has gone places already. <laughs> yeah, I love we've that gone from olives to about olives. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's like, yeah, Rachel, what's olives? your history with olives? Mm. <laughs> They're good. So, yes. storyteller. Nice. about storyteller then folks yeah go absolutely let's go for it so have you guys you guys haven't played it or you no. know of it yes I would like no to play it, it yeah. but I haven't played it yet. Mm. Cool. So, bottom line, really nice puzzle game. Super great. Um, it's quite short as well. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. I guess that's the bottom line for that. But, yeah, I didn't know too much about Storytype before going in. I'd played the demo last year as part of the Steam Next Fest. Thought it was quite nice. Thought it was quite clever. And then, yeah, obviously it's out last month oh god yes march end of march i think but yeah, yeah essentially storyteller is kind of like a make your own story puzzle game where you're given a set of characters and settings and you have to place them within like a comic book like strip to create a story prompted by a sentence at the top of the screen so yeah for each puzzle you have to kind of slot in where you think these characters and settings should go within the timeline and then, yeah, complete the puzzle by um, making the story fit the prompt. So something could be like uh, the prompt could be something like Eve dies heartbroken. And so you have Adam and Eve and then you have a couple of settings. So the idea is you 
place Eve and Adam there. In the first one, they fall in love. In the second one, there's a tombstone. So you put Adam on the tombstone. He's now dead. Eve is looking at the tombstone. She's crying. And then she eats like a poison apple and then she dies. So she dies. Yeah. It's quite like simple in concept, but the idea that you're messing around with these stories and how like they are told through different scenarios is really fun. At what first seems like quite a simple mechanic, there's like little twists into it's quite a cheeky game. There's a lot of little twists in how the stories can be told. So it's kind of like the arc of the story goes through like different like different like English literature. So you can have like fairy tales. There's like a Sherlock bit with a detective. There's like I'm in. there's mm. yep. Yeah, I knew you'd be in. <laughs> Sold. There's like no a nod to Shakespeare and there's like gothic horror. So you kind of go through each of these chapters, messing with these characters, putting them in weird situations, like fun situations. And yeah, it's just really charming. I had a great time with it. Again, two hours long. So you can like play it in one sitting. But yeah, I think it's just really great. It's a great puzzle game. I had a good time with it. Does it get more complex? Because the, the trailers are mm. very, they seem to highlight the what I assume are the earlier levels. So things like the Adam and Eve section you've just described. Yeah. Does it does it ever get to a point where maybe it's tricky or or is it always quite straightforward? Maybe isn't the right word. But no, I, I get what you easier. mean. So this is interesting because it is quite, the game is quite straightforward. A lot of the puzzles, there's like, there's like 13 chapters. There's four puzzles per chapter. And then with a few bonus um, puzzles, there's like 50 puzzles in total, which isn't a whole lot to really kind of get into the nitty gritty of like these mechanics Mm. and how they're kind of like messed around and played and twisted with. Um, So for me personally, it was very straightforward. And then as soon as the game kind of started to kind of like explore different ways of like engaging with the mechanics a bit more, it ended. So, and I've heard there's a lot of, there's been a lot of chatter about this, right? A lot of people with Storyteller have been like, oh, it's too short. It ends too soon. And I don't think I quite agree with everything they say because there have been like plenty of puzzle games which have been like under two hours. There's mm-hmm. uh Goa. There's mm. ooh, um oh unpacking is a really good example. Unpacking. Mm. Oh yeah. Gorogoa, absolutely. Yeah, Florence. Yeah. These kind of puzzle games are under like two hours. Yeah. Maybe Florence is under an hour, right? Shout out to Birth mm-hmm. as well, another recent one that's really short. Birth but really, is really, a really good. good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great example. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um shout out to Maddie if she's listening. She's. We met her at Pax. Uh, Paxies. She was oh, so yeah. nice. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh well, yeah. I, I love that game. So yeah, definitely <gasps> shout out to that. There you go. But I don't think I don't want to get into the negatives too quickly. But since we're talking about it, I don't think the problem with the game is that it's too short mm-hmm. or that mm-hmm. there's not enough puzzles. But the the thing with Storyteller that I just wanted more. The game doesn't right. feel like it has a resolution to it. It's right. weird that mm-hmm. a game about storytelling doesn't really have its own like story arc within it it's kind right. of like really strange in that so unpacking you know it's a puzzle game on one side but there's another story going on you know underneath all that same with florence like all these there's not like a a start and an end to storyteller it's literally like a book huh. of puzzles that share the same mechanics but ultimately don't really have anything 
to do with each other they're very separate and so instead of having this like start and end like like you feel like a completion it kind of leaves you hanging i didn't mind too much because Mm. i just like playing for games is what they are but i was Mm. like there's quite a lot of other and this sucks because it's a bio solo dev he spent like 11 years making this game um but i just couldn't i can't help but feel like there was more that could have been done like vampires yeah. and werewolves get introduced towards the end and they all have their own chapters and you're like well, oh i want to see them all like interact with each other or i want to see how this yeah. mechanic yeah. with the, the werewolf and like ch- changing into something and yeah it's i wouldn't say it's a missed opportunity i definitely felt like that was where he wanted to start and end it but there was like i just wanted more i think yes that's where i'm coming from I think you definitely answered my main question about it because I was I was curious to know whether there was an overarching story uh, to yes. this game. Mm. Um, because when I saw that it sort of like started with Adam and Eve and then kind of progressed through like a lot of classic scenarios, I was like, oh, mm. are we doing something about the history of storytelling? Yes, and, right. and you know, mm. is that going to build to something? Which I'm I'm sure it's a great game, and I look forward to playing it. But yeah, I see what you mean about how there's a feeling that that without an overarching narrative it's kind of mm. missing something um yeah there's like hints that you are a storyteller and at the end when you do you get a crown so then, there's something in that mm. but it never really lands anywhere which is a shame because the observations it makes about like literary like themes and archetypes is really funny and the twist yeah. it does as well is also really Ooh clever and smart and i i like this there's like a whole load of like um puzzles where yeah it just twists those tropes and it just makes it really funny but yeah it just uh, i don't know i really enjoyed it but i can understand why people are a bit frustrated but the length is not the issue here absolutely i i get that because yeah yeah, as you said like i don't think it's fair to assess something entirely on its runtime um right you know because like who cares really as long as it's telling a good story but if if it's kind of feels feels a little short and it's and it's just kind of missing the sweet spot of tying it all together at the end i i get that i do get that a bit more i mean i'm still really excited to play it because it does sound really really cool but yeah yeah, yeah. don't get me wrong like that's the thing the first i feel like the first 95% when you realize that you're not near the the end is absolutely golden like there's there's just some really nice details like when you place characters into a scene they'll like act out that there'll be like little um animations that either give you hints or kind of show you that you're going in the wrong direction with something so if you place a character into a little scene and it doesn't make sense they'll shrug and be like "Ooh." so it's it kind of i don't know it's really charming (laughs) in that way and some of the examples are really funny so like for instance there's one that's titled like the queen marries and so you have the Baron, who's like a bit of a bastard throughout like his own chapter, and then the Queen. And the idea is he she doesn't like him. So he dresses up as a dragon, kidnaps her, and then when he comes when he like like goes back to his normal outfit, he saves her and she falls in love with him. But he's like tricked her. Hmm. But then the little twist can be that if you reverse those two characters, so like the Baron <laughs> kidnaps the Queen dresses up as a dragon to save her and she falls in love with the dragon the guy in the dragon costume and becomes a monster fucker then it's like kind of like a cute little twist on that uh, that trope that's funny and so yeah it's like it's full of humor it's it's just yeah 
uh, as I said, I think it could have pushed it, pushed those ideas a bit more. Like I would have mm. loved to have seen more yeah. done with yeah vampires and werewolves and stuff like that. It's uh, not like I don't think it's a terrible criticism of the game that you no, wish yeah. to explore it, its own sort of narratives a little bit further mm. or maybe did something more with its mechanics. Mm. It, it sounds like what was there was a great foundation that never really got past that point, which which is definitely a shame. But you know maybe maybe a good sign that a follow-up or some kind of dlc pack might make well, this thing yeah. feel a little bit more substantial do you yeah. know the other thing i wonder if you guys have any input on this i felt playing the demo last year ruined the game for me like play- not ruined but like really affected how mm. i because when i played the demo a lot of the ideas because they want to show off uh, like what the game's about were in that demo and so when i went in to play the game I already knew a lot of like yes. what was coming and I was a bit like oh I really wish I hadn't played the demo because I feel like those twists would have like hit harder for me mm. personally but I, I've not had that with demos a lot but sometimes that can happen like I'll play something and be like yeah. god I really should just gone into this blind or just should have known like nothing about it and Storyteller is one of those one of those games for me. How long was the demo? like 40 minutes so right the, because i was about to say that's a pretty oh, hefty a demo for a two, two yeah. three hour game right so so the yeah the game as you said two hours the demo yeah was at least 40 minutes it was a good chunk of the game mm. so mm. i don't know whether they maybe should have reeled that back in but then again the demo was really good that's the thing <laughs> but that's because it was yeah. basically the game it showed <laughs> It yeah. showed most of the game and what was to come. So I don't know. I don't know where the balance is with that, but I wish I kind of just went in without those pre-notions of what was to come. It's a tough one, isn't it? Because I, I do find I try and, like when we're covering Next Fest stuff, I do try and keep away from anything narrative driven. You might have realised this. The games I tend to talk really? about are mm. like city builders or or games that maybe promise like repetitive gameplay mechanics that you can play sort of for longer periods of time so it's almost like the demo is for the underlying mechanics rather than anything oh. that could be spoiled mm. and I'd, I'd never really thought about it but that's definitely what i tend to do so like i was shocked when we did our episode on next fest uh rebecca you said you were playing that uh visual novel yeah. about the zombies in the korean high school mm-hmm. like I would never have even looked at that as a potential candidate because I I would have wanted to go into that fresh. Yeah, for sure. Interesting. Because most of the games that I play are pretty narrative driven. Um, mm. I I usually the demo ends when I decide it ends, which is an attitude that <laughs> that's, I that's think interesting. It's okay. important when you're not spoiling yourself for a, a narrative driven game that you're really excited. I for. love that. It ends now. Yeah. Close the window. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Throw the PC. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just push the monitor <laughs> off the desk. But like what, what's interesting about storytelling, mm. <laughs> yes. What's interesting about the storyteller demo is like it doesn't promise that kind of experience. You know, mm. I guess you could have yeah. played that could have been 10 minutes long and it probably would have given you a very similar experience in terms of look at this cool mechanic we have and how we can be playful with it. And then yeah. that'd be it. But yeah, yeah, interesting. I, I I mean I do I might even talk a little bit in my section about how playing a demo can affect your opinion on the final game. Interesting. But, <laughs> but yeah, just to sum yeah. up, it's still a I mean, I really still enjoyed Storyteller. It's just that yeah, it just fell short a little bit, which is I mm. think if it was just even like half an hour longer and just had that a more of like a closing act, even just one more like closing chapter, mm. perfection. Mm really good it just needed that sense of ah 
I finished the game yeah. instead of yes. like like a done. <laughs> like you're, the book <laughs> yeah, just slams in your shut. Face. But yeah, mm. uh, let's get into. I mean, Liam, what you were talking about demos, Terra Nil. How did you get on with the game? Yeah, so I mentioned in an earlier podcast how uh, my I first became aware of Terranil, I think it was like September 2020, sort of in the Ooh, midst of really? the pandemic and lockdown. Yeah. Right. So I played, I've only played about two and a half hours of the final game. Mm-hmm. Um, and it actually made me go back and revisit a, a video I made about the, the demo uh, back in 2020, which oh. I, I, will, I, I will give myself a rare pat on the back in that I think creating that video in 2020 sort of in the midst of those feelings i think i connected to this game in in quite a rare way so if you want to kind of hear those thoughts from that perspective and the video is called how to save a dying planet it's on my old channel called seven out of ten i'll i guess i'll link it please do Um, i would love to watch that yes thanks mate great title oh thank you it's great way more of a wanker on my personal channel than i have been at rps put it that way Oh no, I really can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> so that demo was such an interesting exploration into the effect, or at least this is how I interpreted it, into the effect we have on this planet as human beings. Mm. And it is a game, I know that like we, we talk about it as a reverse city builder and I don't think that's incorrect, but I, I think I like to think of it as the second part to SimCity. SimCity is about destroying natural beauty and creating cities and you know stripping resources out of the earth and Terranil sort of like reckoning with the effect you've had as a result of that and then trying to kind of like bring it back to nature and then packing up and leaving so Terranil the demo and the full game very similar is a game of three phases the first phase you're on this desolate wasteland there's no vegetation there's no water it is just well there is some water in some levels but it's just an absolute shit show, just just mud and muck. And you come into it and the first phase is you can put down wind turbines and you can start to detoxify the dirt to grow grass and to bring water back into riverbeds. And the second phase is then to take all of that vegetation and to introduce biodiversity, to turn it into swamps, to turn it into forests, to burn down the forests and then use the ash to create, uh, you know, different types of vegetation. And then the final phase when you've done all that is to pack up all of your technology and leave. Uh, You know, animals return, you have reclaimed the wasteland and now it's time for you to go. And the, the demo was very tricky. This is a puzzle game and you have a limited amount of space you can only build things within a certain range of your power sources. Uh, it's a game that you can fail at quite frequently. And it just it just really had a profound emotional effect on me, that demo. I, I thought even in that, in that form, it was very complete. And playing the full version, I did find it had lost a little bit of its impact for me because it's, it's mm. way cleaner. The graphics are beautiful. 
but it's more of a video game now, which is such a weird thing. And it's not a negative towards the full version of Terra Nil at all, but it's introduced a lot of mechanics that sort of smooth it out. Mm. I find it's an easier game to play. Interesting. There was, so, there was something of a real challenge to that demo where you could fail really easily at any point and you'd have to start from scratch. And the levels in the full game are randomized. In the original game, it was a linear set of environments that you worked your way through. And there was something about like batting your head against this same level every time and being like, no, no, well, how can I look at this differently? What's the exact place I need to put this riverbed so I can put my greenhouses to take more advantage of this? And then when you were finished with this absolutely stunning pixel art paradise, it really felt like you'd really achieved something. Mm. It's I'm not knocking the full game because I am going to play a lot more of it and I do really like it. But it's just interesting, more of just like a like just a thought I've had of of what happens when you take this little indie project that's on itch and it's pixel art and it's very rough, but it's about something like our impact on the earth and sustainability and you know making sure that what we leave behind aren't scars but what was here when we arrived i don't know maybe it's maybe it's literally just the way that i found it is i've ruined the full game for myself which is just what was interesting <laughs> about what you were saying about the demo you know yeah i i think anyone who picks up this game would probably have a very similar feeling to how i did when i played the original it's just that i played this earlier version of it that felt maybe a little more intimate than mm. this new version um but what i will say is that it is, I think, a very important game that I'm really happy to see get more mainstream appeal uh, and success. It is impossible to play this game without thinking about the earth and about climate change and sustainability. And and also it's just a very nice, relaxing puzzle game. Uh, I love that there are different biomes in this version. Yeah. Um, you can like introduce things like uh, coral reefs into disgusting oceans i've just realized that there's two other biomes there's like an arctic one and i don't know what the fourth one is because i haven't reached it yet but I, maybe it's like desert i assume it's like a um a, like a city almost um like interesting like okay. buildings I'm excited and to tower that. blocks that are like skeletons of previous yeah year. and it's flooded i think sounds yeah. fantastic mm. oh interesting so yeah, so that actually sounds like kind of what I want more from this game based on my experience with the demo then. So I'm very excited to get to that part of it. But yeah, it's just a really nice, it's a really nice game about nature, which I think is quite rare, uh, you know, especially in this genre. There are so few city builders that mm. aren't about destruction because that's just inherently how we mm. as humans approach the earth. Yeah, I don't know. That was a bit rambly and a bit a bit emotionally led, but I I can't honestly think of any other way of talking about this game other no, than that. No, we love I, it. Yeah, it was really informative. <laughs> I feel like, you know, I learned a lot and now I'm like now I'm just thinking about environmental issues. <laughs> and I'm all yeah. sad, which I think is entirely yeah. the point of Terra Nil and and mm -hmm. you know, you've conveyed it very well through uh through that. Yeah. It's good. Um, you've played it too, Rachel. What did you think? Yeah, uh I I didn't play the demo uh last year. Um but I yeah, I know what you mean about the art style. It's definitely a lot more uh shinier now mm. instead of having that kind of yeah, pixel art effect. Uh I I um I quite like the glow up it's had, uh but obviously I didn't play much of the demo. It's it's very I've, very pretty. It is. Yes, it's, it's, it's gorgeous. Such, even it's, though yeah. like my levels are the like a patchwork quilt of just oh 
like because I'm playing the game to it's like you you place buildings and you get like leaves that let, let you place more mm-hmm. buildings so you're trying to like get the best layout you can so <laughs> mine is just not aesthetic at all and they'll just be like clumps of like like dirt where I've just been like yeah well that didn't quite fit it's fine whatever it will look awful like my levels but it's also still the game is it makes it look really nice so I'm not Mm. not too worried but that's I really wish they could introduce something that would just like fill in those gaps because I'm like they drive me nuts I'm like so this (laughs) this bothered me as well this morning because in the original version of the game once you finished phase two when you introduced biodiversity there would be a tipping point where the atmosphere would reacclimatize and it would rain. And then when it rained, it made all of those existing barren oh uh, tiles God. and all of the dry riverbeds, it would make them grass and water. And then it would be very, and the serotonin you'd have. So I'm <gasps> yes. saying about a Venus battle, you'd, you'd hear the thunder crash and then the rain would pour down and then you'd get all the resources from all the tiles you hadn't oh claimed. Oh my God. And it would just like, it was like the atmosphere would just like drop and it would just like, you know, the clouds would appear and that's when the animals would come back. And it seems to be missing that moment, which felt like a really important moment of the original. I was hoping you'd be able to say, oh no, that happens in this version, but maybe we haven't found the tools for that yet. I'm, so I've played the, there's like eight levels, there's four biomes. I've played through the first four. Uh, and then I've played the first of the next four, but it gets real hard. I'm I'm yeah, playing. Okay. I played on like ecologist, which is like the one is like normal mode, I guess. Mm. Of those familiar with strategy um, games, and it kicked my butt. I couldn't get. I got through the first level. <laughs> I couldn't do the second level. Switched to gardener. Had a better time. But now I'm re you redo the first four levels, but they're like I think they they are specific terrains. They're not um oh interesting procedure generated because they are they want a you it's like a bit of a challenge so i'm all mm. i've just finished the quarry which is the first one and oh my god it's it's tough it's tough and like i have a few frustrations with terra nil in that it will let you restart phases so yeah you have like liam said the first three fra- phrases you can start a phase over but it almost you get to a point where you are like i can't I can't help myself enough. I'll have to restart the yeah. whole level again. And I've had a few frustrations with that, but that's okay because there are only eight levels. It's supposed to be a bit challenging. Like you're supposed mm. to replay the levels to mm. find all the animals and stuff. So I didn't mind it too much, but I thought I was going to be, I was like, I'm going to have a nice relaxing time. I'm going to like, <laughs> yeah, rebuild this ecosystem. I'm going to get the same, like, yeah, serotonin hit of when the, the plumage, like, Mm-hmm. um ripples out it's gonna be great and then <laughs> i was struggling in the trenches for my life when i just could not i could not place them i think it's the bit where you have to because oh this is what i love about it as well like at the at the very end when you have to pack up all your stuff all the um windmills and ugly machinery well, they're not ugly but you know what i mean that they actually yeah, look very yeah. cool man-made <laughs> stuff, yeah. but the man-made stuff you've plonked down you have to collect it all um oh i love that bit because it's kind of like the same bringing back and unpacking and games like that where you're like tidying up after yourself and so (laughs) and then when the spaceship like lifts back into the air and it's just greenery you're just like yes like i think they wanted that to be the effect of like what you described like the rain but the rain Mm -hmm. makes more sense because it's nature reclaiming like it that feels like 
more of a, that's very strange that they left that out maybe they didn't and yeah we haven't reached that point yet but i yeah, certainly maybe, haven't seen it yet maybe it gets to a point where the app yeah maybe there's a machine that pumps the atmosphere back in yeah. or whatever but yeah strange but yeah it's not it's not yeah. relaxing <laughs> i would say <laughs> it's not laid back no the the point is that it's difficult right <laughs> the point is that it's it's a struggle and and it's hard uh, mm. and i think it doesn't do itself a disservice but i think you look at the visuals you look at oh, the yeah. you know the key art and you're like this looks stunning and relaxing <laughs> and now you play it and you're like why won't this riverbed stretch for one more tile <laughs> girl oh my god i've had that so many times yeah, and like the bit constant. where you're trying to like bring the animals back and i'm like i can't find the perfect like coral sea and forest combination and i'm just oh. oh yeah that's yeah where are the deer where are the deer <laughs> <laughs> the angriest environmentalist ever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Trying to it's help that. you here. God yeah, damn it, work with, <laughs> work with me. Work with me. Sorry. Uh, Sorry, that, it, does, yeah. it does sound really, really lovely. It's just, um, <laughs> one that I have only checked out via, via you know, your opinions of it. Um, but mm. I do... I do kind of love that, honestly, that it kind of fights you. I feel it's yes. appropriate that it fights you, yeah. Mm-hmm. Given given the themes, I was thinking about our discussion last last time about the whole games beyond entertainment um, mm. idea yes. and the fact that I can't even think about this game without, as I said before, getting a little bit like melancholy at the thought of yeah. you know the environmental issues um, explored therein. And I was also thinking you may have noticed I don't know if it came through over Discord, but the maniacal gleam in my eye when you called it a sort of inverse sim city and it wasn't because you mentioned the sims for once it was actually because i was thinking about um <laughs> games as responses to other games not as in like spiritual sequels but mm. as in um actually going back and deconstructing other games and i don't know i think sorry to always be doing our planning on the podcast but i feel like that's that's an avenue to explore I, especially I'm in glad indie you said spaces it before i did yeah <laughs> yes. i love that Games as responses to other games. Is right. that, I, I mm. want to dig into that topic. I'm Are you writing that the down spreadsheet. immediately? Rich? Okay, yes. <laughs> the spreadsheet there's, is up. See, because there's, there's that. This, this idea comes in two parts for me. There's games that are serious responses to other games, as Terran Hill to yeah. Sin City. And there's games that just feel like they could be in the same universe, even though they're not. Okay, which okay. Is a much right. sillier one. Games <laughs> well, in like response that. to other games. Smiley face. And what was the second one, sorry? Uh, games that feel like they could be in the same universe but aren't games canonically. That feel that I... they can well hold on Liam in the same universe <laughs> but they're not can on it cali that's felt wrong canonically done okay we can go now. canonically <laughs> what was that what was that like uh lo-fi sims game you mentioned on maybe like episode oh, one or tiny two? life i think that was episode two yes tiny life you've just like given form to a loose idea i had when i listened back to that episode after we recorded it mm-hmm. that i could imagine tiny life being a game they play on the on the computer in the sims one that sounds so <gasps> real yes i see yes. So yes, i like that i like games that can exist in the same space i like mm-hmm. that a lot that's good hell yeah well, i think with that we need to move on to the game i'm so excited to hear about which is <laughs> romansylvania
get into it, girl. <laughs> okay, so yeah, Romance Sylvania, um, I've mentioned once or twice on the podcast already. It is <laughs> Once a- or twice? I mean, on the podcast, legitimately once or twice in life, every day, every single day, when you come into the office and I tell you about Romancelvania, (laughs) I remind you all about dating sims and their importance. Um, Romancelvania is a a dating sim Metroidvania mashup um, themed around a kind of Love Island TV show to help a lonely drac who got their heart broken uh, move on and, and meet a new partner. Um, and I will say I'm about halfway through the game. I have not finished it yet. Um, it is only about 12 to 15 hours long, but I play games Ooh. slow and I play a lot of different games to try and keep up with stuff. So I'm just <laughs> hopelessly behind on everything. So yeah, about halfway through. But I think I'm at a point where I'm happy that I've like got the measure of it. I don't think mm-hmm. it's going to pull out anything yeah. at this point that would upset my idea of what this game is about. So my apologies if it takes a, a massive genre turn towards the end that I don't know about yet, but as far as I'm aware, <laughs> as far as I'm aware, I've pretty much got the measure of this game now. Um, and uh, where to start? Where to start with Romancelvania? Um, because again, I played I played the demo. I played the demo at uh, Steam Next Fest in October and I loved it and I wrote a, a piece about it on the site. Um, and I sort of had my eye on it ever since. Mm. I was very, very excited after the demo. And I feel like this is a little bit of a theme in this episode. To say that Ooh. although I'm st- I am enjoying this game a lot, I feel like I don't quite feel like it's gelled with me as much as the demo did. Interesting. How, in- how interesting. Why are we all okay. like this? What? what has happened? Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> um so yeah, and we thing- all picked the game that we had played the demo of as well. Right? I kind of believe that. Do we all have the same brain? I think there's a <laughs> strong possibility that the reason we decided to do this podcast in the first place is that we have the same brain. Yeah, we do. Goodness me. (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) Oh, dear me. Um, But yeah, so the thing that I'm finding with Romancelvania is the story, I'm loving it. I am am so in this story. I fully invest. I love the characters, fantastic characters. I just want to spend more time with them. I want to do all their routes. Um, And... From the perspective of the the combat sections, I'm I am not at all qualified to assess a Metroidvania on its on its technical achievements. Oh, mm-hmm. um, I don't. I, it's been a few years since I last played a platformer of any type. All the way through, it's potentially decades since I properly looked at a mm. Metroidvania. I was like, I'm going to play this. So, take with a pinch of salt anything I would say about the combat. I would say that it is, um, it's challenging but fair in terms of the fact that it it doesn't hammer you in any particular way if you lose um it respawns you really close by and it it like respawns the last enemy basically so and you come back with full health so anytime you die you go in and you just like you know redo that fight you'll probably manage it because you probably went in with less than full health and now you went in with full health so you'll be fine i don't know obviously if you're like a massive fan of these games i i i'm probably not going to be out of line to say that a dating sim mashup is not going to be your favorite like your new favorite in the genre (laughs) like they don't they don't tend to be hugely deep and complex and in fact my my main frustration with the combat um is that i can't work out how to sort of avoid a lot of hits which is why i'm glad that it's quite forgiving in letting you um Hmm. go back to to a reasonably recent checkpoint and just try again Hmm. um because i'm like full disclosure i am terrible at learning the block button but as far as I'm aware, no one has told me the existence of a block button. At which point, okay, I'm but like, also like, don't know what fuck I'm the block button. Yeah, fuck absolutely. The block button. Better off without them. But I would like some way to avoid hits, which I have not yet discovered how yeah, to true. avoid 
taking a hammering other than just putting up with it and then hitting back, which is, you know. I've um, never used a block button in my life. <laughs> I'm with you, girl. I don't need a block button. I just Absolutely jump out of the way. Not. I just jump out of right? the way, but I'm just, yeah. Just, just move. Um, but that is that is what I would say. About- I would simply move. <laughs> it's better. Jump out the way. I totally yes, Rachel. Once again, oh, Parry. God, what's that? So I don't know. Just mm. jump over don't its head. <laughs> You're the protagonist of this world. Jump over its head and wait for it yeah. to stop attacking. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Um, that's probably all I'll say on the on the combat mm. portion of this game. Just because, like I say, mm. I, I don't feel super qualified to assess it. Um, feels a little janky at times, but it's you know, it's it's not going to stop you from playing the rest of the game. Um, and that's that's you know worst case scenario you'll get through it and you'll get to enjoy the game and the story really really good um the yes, one tell us yes oh so basically yeah you're you're in this um this love island style dating show you get three love interests introduced in a block um you spend a bit of time with them hang out with them and then and then you get called to like come and do this sort of dramatic black rose ceremony where you give the black rose to the one that you want to vote mm-hmm. off mm-hmm. amazing extremely familiar so i expect if you're you know, into that sort of show. I don't watch them, but I do, through cultural osmosis, know <laughs> almost everything about them. So, like a lot of people at RPS watch those shows, um, and I just hear about what? them in I'd tea break. Name them. <laughs> <laughs> All of you except me, by the feel of it, sometimes. <laughs> oh, <woof. laughs> um, Couldn't possibly comment. Oh. Um, but yeah, no, I just mm. I, I don't I don't watch reality TV, but I'm I'm mm. familiar with the concept, and the concept is is really cute, and especially because they're all obviously monsters. So you've got like I'm trying to think what some of the example love interests are. Um, so there's like a Cthulhu girl, obviously Cthulhu girl. Yes. Um, you know, there's like a there's like a werewolf guy. There's a there's a mummy. There's a there's that one woman made of pumpkins who is actually a witch who's been transformed. It turns out, um, ah. and um, it's so what is it? There's like I think. It's like seven women, five men, and then there's one who you get to choose the gender because there's like three angelic siblings um, who are your Ooh. like Van Helsing style nemeses and they turn up and it's like, we can't handle all of these. So just pick one and oh, we'll funny. stick okay. with that one, which is a nice way of giving you a, a choice of um, a choice of love interest sort of by gender. And you can make yes. them non-binary, which is the choice that I made because genuinely the non-binary one had That's the cool. nicest character design in my opinion and also it was nice to have a non-binary love interest in there which was not presented Mm. um as standard in the game um and yeah it's it's so cool i love all these characters i just want to spend more time with them i have such strong opinions about who they all i'm like that is baseline dating sim that is what it needs to do um (laughs) for sure um but the, the thing that's kind of been uh, getting me, which didn't bother me so much in the demo because the demo, again, the demo ends when I say it ends and the demo ended at the point where I, I voted the that. first character off. So I'd sort of like made my choice, um, voted this one character off and I was like, okay, I, I get the trope that we're doing and it's a shame that you can't finish it all in one run. It's a shame that you can't finish every storyline in a run, um, which is something that I would usually do in a dating sim as much as possible mm-hmm. is take every character up to the up to the point where you're about to make your like final choice of love interest and then uh, ah. choose. I'm like, okay, so this game doesn't allow for that. So that's cool. Um, but it kind of pulls a bit of a nasty trick on you at one point, which is to take you into the second Black Rose ceremony and 
you guys, you guys get how much I will have agonized over these decisions, right? How I will have yeah, had absolutely. like in my head tier yeah. lists constantly, like pros, cons, <laughs> spreadsheets, <laughs> spreadsheet, basically. Um, and yeah, I was like, okay, regretfully, I've decided who I'm going to boot out okay. of my current lineup. So mm-hmm. I, I gave, I gave her the black rose. I was like, you know, I was just like, hey, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. Your brother's a contestant on this as well. I find that weird. You don't seem happy here. I'm not going to keep you here if you don't want to be. You get a choice of what speech you give them when you vote them off as well, which is quite nice. Really, um, I like that. That's cool. And okay. I like, I liked that one. I was like, you don't seem happy here, and you know, it's a bit weird <laughs> to have two siblings on this show hmm. together. So I'm just going to get rid of one of you, and it's going to be you. Um, and then it goes, oh. Uh, surprise twist we're getting rid of two characters in this black rose ceremony and i was like come on now that's like that's not a nice surprise in this context oh right oh my god but babes mm. that's reality show 101 it is reality yeah. show 101 oh. it did not make me happy mean. Yes. It, i was <laughs> i was no one annoyed happy. at that point um, oh no and and it was kind of like kind of tying into another another criticism i do have of this game which i've had mm. since the demo to be fair um, which is that I feel that it's a little under tutorialized. Um, right. And like they have definitely, I think, improved the combat tutorials, uh, which mm. I was really pleased to see because I at one point was just stood around in the demo, like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? And I finally <laughs> figured it out. Combat tutorials have gotten a lot better. But in terms of like um, getting a feel for what you're kind of allowed to do within each section of gameplay, mm. I was at nearly the halfway point of the game before I realized, oh crap, I think I've been missing a lot of character interaction moments because I was feeling quite funneled through the combat sections of the story to like add more characters to my cast. And then mm. when they're all added to the cast, it goes, okay, now it's time for the the ceremony. And like the lighting all changes in the game and it's very much like, okay, now now you're pushed towards making your next decision. And then that pushes into the next chapter. And it wasn't until I kind of got that happened a couple of times. I was like, oh I think I'm meant to be taking more opportunities to mm. to do right. the, the dating sim bits as they arise mm. um so it's just mm. from that i i really wanted to start it again and i will say you know i've I've obviously given uh what i hope is a, a fair and balanced criticism of this game i fully intend to play it a second time mm. after um you know because part of me was like i just want to restart now but um right. because there's a choice of player character and i will say at this point there's a choice of a male or female direct player character the voice acting in this game is spectacular and I want to play it twice just because I want to hear both voice actors for the player character do that whole bit. Interesting. Okay. So I do intend to replay it anyway. So it's not like a huge disappointment in that sense. But I was also like, I feel like I've only started to understand this game about a third of the way through maybe was when I felt like I'd, hmm. I'd understood really how um, I was meant to be interacting with it in that sense. And it was only because characters started talking to me like we'd already spent a lot more time together than that I knew we had. Hmm. That I was like, oh, okay, I think I've missed the point of something quite important here. Um, Um, And I've been like plowing through the combat bits, which are honestly not the bits I'm here for, (laughs) and accidentally skipping a lot of the a lot of the sort of dating sim bits, Um, which is is sad. And that is partly on me. Obviously, I could have been more um, inquisitive in the way that I interacted with with the mechanics. Um, But at the same time, it's not it's not super it's not super flagged that that's maybe how you're meant to be. The fact that there is a way you're meant to be playing. Is not yeah. is not super apparent. Um, one other one other thing I've got to say. I looked at some I looked at some Steam reviews. This game needs a map. This game badly needs a map. That is all I will say. Oh wow! Dreadfully needs a map. Um, everything oh, else, that's a shame. everything else is fine. The map thing though, you get so lost in these levels. It's it's a literal labyrinth, and I've I've not got the sense of 
perspective <laughs> and direction to know how to get back to a safe point <laughs> when I want to. Well, um, I, I mean, a map is a fundamental part of a Metroidvania. Right. So, so if they're trying to... My lack of knowledge yeah. on Metroidvanias, I was just like, maybe, you know, maybe that's expected. But yeah, it did seem from the reviews I read from people who know Metroidvanias were like, yeah, it needs a map. But yeah, so that's, I mean... It, I don't want to sound like I'm being massively negative because I do really like this game and like I say the writing's spectacular the voice acting is spectacular but the thing that I've been thinking to myself is would I enjoy this more if it was more of a traditional dating sim mm. and I feel like unfortunately yeah. the answer is yes like it's not a deal breaker for mm. me as I say I want to finish this playthrough or I want to do at least one more playthrough um, I would be open to doing more playthroughs after that to see every kind of outcome for the different characters that you have to get rid of. Um, but yeah, I feel like if it was not no Metroidvania elements, but more weighted towards the dating sim elements. So yeah. how, how do they work together? So how does the Metroidvania work within the story? Are you well, like... That's, mm. Yeah, that's kind of the thing. Is I, I don't feel like they're 100% gelled. So, so weird, you yeah. are fighting your way through this, you know, very Castlevania, obviously, style castle mm-hmm. and environs in this world. Um, and the idea is you're going to like meet meet these characters who are going to be on your dating show, who are going to be your potential love interest. You kind of have to go and like recruit people and be like, do you want to, do you want to join this dating right. show? Mm-hmm. Um, and the ways you do this are different. Sometimes it's a quest. Sometimes it's a boss fight. Um, sometimes oh, okay. it's, the dodgy thing is, sometimes it's the promise of a quest that you then don't do if you boot them at the Black Rose ceremony, <laughs> which I feel so guilty about. <laughs> like oh, no. a couple of times oh, I'll be God. like, oh no, I really thought that I would be able to. And it's like, oh no, you can't do this until a certain point in the game. And I'm like, but but I wanted to help this person, but I can't now unless I keep, unless I boot someone I want to date in favour of this person. I just want to be like friends with and help. Um, so, so yeah, it's like, definitely I, I do not consider this game in a negative light. I'm having a lot yeah. of fun with it and mm-hmm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm loving the characters. Honestly, if they, if they do more with these characters in, in future games, I will be right there. It's just, just so good there's there's such a good variety as is so important in dating sims there is a good variety of characters and very very likable and you know with with hidden depths and everything everything you want from a game with a large cast um but as i say it's just kind of not as as we've all said i feel yeah in this episode it's just kind of not quite hung together the way i'd hope and yeah it sounds muddled and i was gonna ask the entire time you were talking, I was mm. like, I need to get your sense as to whether or not this needed to just be a dating sim. I love dating sim hybrids and I, I love what yeah. they're doing with this. I don't want to see them boot the Metroidvania aspect entirely, but I, I would like to see it rebalanced. Yeah. In Which my ideal world. Completely you know. fair criticism. Yeah, absolutely. Who's the best hottie then? Oh, <laughs> Who's the hottest? Gosh. Who's the hottest? I haven't played in a couple of days, so I need to, I need to take a moment to mentally go right who am i who am i my steam page oh gosh yeah hold on oh you said there was a mummy but is there a daddy (laughs) well there's the werewolf it's a top five rachel quote right there (laughs) very goodness me where's the werewolf daddy (laughs) oh i think you said him before you've definitely mentioned him on the podcast before Yes, yes, the we have. Oh, here we go. Daddy here we is, go. Uh, here we go. The reason I think I'm going to play it, to be honest. <laughs> Where is he? Oh, yes, I was totally forgetting. Like, I'm, I've met half the love interest now, but it's kind of over for me. At the point where they brought in my my rival vampire, who is a brooding Japanese visual artist who <laughs> is secretly just shy. 
Oh, girl. <laughs> I think we... Uh, I think we hit peak Rebecca at that point and everything what else. What did you just say to me? What did you say to me? It's like, you were like, my type of character are the ones that just need a hug. I did literally say that Aww. yesterday, didn't I? <laughs> I literally <laughs> said that to you yesterday. Um, you yes. So I think uh, currently front runner is is definitely uh, definitely the vampiric rival. Um, oh, but I still have yet vampire. to meet... I still have yet to meet the Cthulhu girl um, or the dread pirate. <gasps> Or the mermaid siren, so it could still a siren. It could oh, still swing yeah. for me. There's there's a lot still to play for in this for me, but yeah, current front runner definitely Sol. Oh. Sol the brooding vampire. I'm looking at all the pictures now. Sol, very good character. F- Fenton, I love that the wolf's called Fenton. I know it cracks oh. me up every time I think about it. <laughs> I, I there's, like a, there's a sugar coated unicorn called Dolce. Oh God, wait, where are you? Where are you seeing hell? these? This is just on the website. If you just go on romancesylvania.com, they've okay, got all I'm... the character portraits. Let's go. I didn't even know that the unicorn is a genuine surprise to me. I thought that I was at least aware of all the characters by I now. I am so sorry if I spoiled no, that. No, no, no. Sugar no. rots the brain, but is it good for the heart? It's right there on their um <laughs> It's right there on their website, just underneath the quote from me, I've just realized as, Wait, as I'm where? reading the website. Oh my um, god. Oh yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a highly recommended Next Fest demo for all my monster dating re- weirdos. And Rock, I stand shotgun. by that. I stand yeah, by that. Top, monster dating weirdos. Billing. This game, you know, just That's with funny. with the caveats in place. If you like monster dating, you're going to like this game. Okay, but the pumpkin lady is still absolutely fabulous. Yes, oh, she was. She was so. She was the one I booted really regretfully and resentfully when they were like, "and get rid of a second person." Oh, and so was that like, was the second black rose person. Yes, yes. <sighs> so I was like, I really liked her and wanted her to stick around, but realistically, of the remaining four or five I had at that point, I was like, it's kind of got to be her. So. The character designs are great. They are lovely. They are really, really, and like, really good. The, the in-game the design siren. as well. Oh, the, I, I can't wait to meet her. I'm so excited. She looks just so like fully creepy, fully creepy yes. mermaid rather than like a cutesy mermaid, which I'm really excited for. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, in-game in as well, the character designs are very like PS2 era inspired sort of like 3D models, which sometimes look a little bit different from the, the sort of 2D art um oh. usually in a good way usually in a this is a nice twist on the character way i will i will admit i was slightly disappointed in how elessa the the uh, succubus girl looked in yes her, her 3d sprite and this may have may have contributed to me getting rid of her but also she did genuinely not seem happy to be there so ah, uh, she's like, giving okay. um her meg megra vibes yes oh um, gosh yeah but if she's yeah. not happy to be there mm. then it's like yeah yeah, fair yeah. to boot. I was like, no, for everyone's for everyone's best interests, you should you should go now. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I feel like I have probably chatted about Romansylvania. The descriptions are great. Yeah, uh, too yeah, much now, and we should we should move on. Because, so yeah, all three yeah. of us very mid road in terms yeah. of our. Because to be fair, like I think they're all like pretty solid wrecks. It's just that they're cave- like small ish caveats to absolutely each yeah. of them. Yeah. And the caveat is we kind of regret playing the devil. <laughs> yes! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe uh, ignore our episode three or whatever it was and don't don't play. Yeah. No, do play demos <laughs> because it's really good for, you know, exposure yeah. for indie devs. Um, Definitely. But also, I don't know. God. 
Take Rebecca's advice and you're done when you're done. <laughs> yes. I think that's the good advice from this episode. You're done when you're done. Happy to, you're done happy you're to bring it. <laughs> so, on to our fourth. And final review, which is yes. Dredge, which um, <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but there are zero caveats for me in this game. This game, this game, I can't, I can't even, <laughs> I think I've, I've, said, I've had it as my, my hyperfixation before on the podcast ages ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my love for this game has only grown exponentially. God, it's so fucking good. dive in oh good one not unlike someone diving into the ocean in which dredge is set ah uh, <laughs> <I'm Sorry>. a- <laughs> thanks i was just really unsure if anyone would understand that so i'm really happy that you <laughs> just here to explain the jokes uh i i will i will jump in uh i think this game is very very good it is rocketed to the top of my favorite things i've played this year list I, yeah. I i just i love i love fishing and i love the vibes it's it's just a good special video game is maybe where i'm at rebecca what, what do you one think brain one brain oh, my goodness <laughs> i am so in accord with one. you guys on this we're a, um, a toy I, force. I would say that um, because it was the end of March recently, I sat down, uh, because you know me, all the lists all the time. Um, I sat mm-hmm. down and I made a list of Feel all the games that I've played so far this year that I thought I would probably be voting for in our game of the year list and Dredge was on it. Um, nice. You know, oh, yeah. Which I've played, I don't know how many games I've played yet this year, but yeah, there were four games on the list and Dredge was like absolutely absolutely one of them Ooh. Um, Ooh. So, wait, wait wait can we can we know can we know do you want to know the rest do you want to know the rest yes I, yes I yes yeah, I, I only did yeah, that I so you'd ask obviously <laughs> 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 not really I'm just obsessively detailed um yeah my others were Resi 4 of course um mm. oh okay and um Tiny Life so oh, those are my four good choices um yeah hmm. and yeah I just to play both Dredge is is so good I mean it's I, the thoughts that I had were, A, I love how they've managed to take the one contentious mechanic that's in every damn game at the moment, make a game about that one mechanic and make it so bloody good. I've got no, like, just mm-hmm. so good, so good. And also I was like, thinking about it in terms of the relaxing horror that seems to be a big trend this year, because I know we've already talked mm. about like Animoiapolis uh, on the show. <sighs> And just yes. the way that it's like things that are very much, you know, things that sit within the horror genre. Dredge is a Lovecraftian game. Um, mm-hmm. And and it's not like, you know, it's not just spooky. It is it is scary. It is tense. But at the same time, it is not 
mechanically super demanding. Um, which coming from someone who's just said that Resi 4 is one of their favourite games of the year so far. Quite a different vibe, but also, you know, I find horror very relaxing. So the fact that this is increasingly a thing suits me down to the ground, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, I'm, I'm really, I know that you guys are not quite as quite as big on the old horror genre as I am. So good to know that it's it's got that appeal kind of across the board. It really, yeah. it, it, its type of horror is brilliantly realised. So just just quickly explain what this game is in case yeah. no one's heard of Dredge. Oh, of course. You are a lone fisherman who turns up to a series of remote islands in the middle of the ocean. And you, fight, you, you basically land on this jetty and the mayor of the town says, oh, cool, a new fisherman. Our last fisherman, don't worry about it. Where did they go? What happened to them? That's for you to find out. Catch some fish, you'll be fine. And very quickly you realise that if you stay out past about 7pm when the sun sets, very sinister, strange things start to happen. And as you are dredging, uh, as you are pulling these (laughs) fish out of the ocean, sometimes one of them might have too many teeth or maybe it's covered in pus-filled boils or it's been ripping its own flesh out in its in anger it's just a you know ball of hatred and the way that the game approaches horror uh, it's very slow burning and um, what i really love about it it's like it's it, it's not a it's my kind of horror because it's not explicit yeah it's this pervasive sense that something is not right here mm-hmm. and the game never really wants you to look directly at it which I think is my favorite kind of horror. It's it's this corruption that's under the water and it's around you at all times and it's in the people that you meet. No one is okay on any of these islands. They are living sad, barren lives and, and no one wants to talk about it and no one yeah. wants to face it. And, and what's great is the game itself, the actual act of playing it, is mostly a very mundane experience. You are fishing you're doing these little fishing mini games you're playing fish tetris which i'm sure we'll get into later and contrasting that with this sense of dread is just a beautiful thing i I absolutely love it yeah there's like this unspoken unease throughout like with the people you meet and like you said like no one is really addressing what it is and so you'll have like environmental like story clues so a lot of them can be something obvious like a letter in a bottle that you find washed up or um like shipwrecks across certain islands and you're like hmm, there's a lot of shipwrecks going on here what what's happened or um there'll be just like the skeleton of something unimaginable just beneath the surface of the water and you're like hmm hope i don't run into any of them spoiler you will you will run into <laughs> horrors unimaginable um but yeah exactly my, the same as me i'm not a fan of horror that's like quite in your face because i'm like oh get yeah. away from me but there is the atmosphere of dredge that it just kind of it just gets under your skin in a way that i just feel like a lot of other horror doesn't do so as, as subtly as dredge because like mm-hmm. i love a fishing mini game i'm like yeah let's let's go out and let's relax with some fishing and then it's it's cool how it turns that into something <laughs> of like well a hint of what else 
is beneath. So like, yeah, the stuff that you fish out and you're like, ooh, I don't think a fish should have three heads. Mm, that's not that's not normal. And yeah, the game is set on different islands, which kind of act as different chapters. You get access to more tech, um, more equipment. Um, the way in which you access it as well is quite quickly at the beginning. So mm -hmm. the game throws technology at you and materials. So you unlock things quite quickly, like it dangles things in front of you and you're like, oh, I want the next thing. And because of that progression, it's quite quickly at the beginning. Um, and then when it settles, when you start to explore, it really does settle into a vibe that is very uneasy, but also great. Like some of the stuff you see is incredible. So spooky. Love it. I love oh, it. Yeah. yeah. I, I have a question for you guys about this actually, which is how, how long did you uh, maintain the illusion to yourself that you were just going to go fishing in the day and get back to port at sunset every day and it was all going to be fine and you were just not engaged with the horror mechanics um i mean i'm like six hours in and i'm still kind of in that phase <laughs> i i do not like going out at night you know yes it, it is so because during the day this is such a beautiful game yeah it, it looks oh, gorgeous yeah. great sunsets in this game like mm when the sun is you know rising or falling it, it, it the lighting is beautiful and the music's lovely and then at night time it's just fucked you hear like a lone foghorn in the distance there's mm -hmm. rocks that will appear in front of you the way your light will flicker out one you know really often which fucks you up every time you're desperately <laughs> scrambling to turn your light back on but I, I do i do think that once you start to engage with the nighttime stuff it, it does become a more interesting game you know it, it it would be fine as a pure fishing simulator but when you start to get out in the night and it, it challenges you a little bit more because your boat gets damaged if you hit things or if things hit you and trying to you know not let equipment fail or things fall overboard while also trying to get the higher value fish which do come out at night because they're more fucked up yeah it, it, it took me a while but i'm getting there i'm getting braver mm. <laughs> oh wow i'm a positive daredevil i really thought that i was going to be really cautious but as soon as they as soon as the first person was like you can only catch this if you go out at night i was like right out we go like yeah. day three i was like i can't wait show me the weird thing i'm gonna get right up in its face and see it <laughs> Interesting. yeah i was the same i was like <laughs> let's go baby i did not play this horror fishing game so I could catch some trout. I played it so I can catch some weirdos. So I was same as you, Rebecca. I was like, let's do it. I know. Let's go. I know. I'm amazed I've only died once because <laughs> the, uh, the the reckless lack of caution that I have displayed in some nights in this game. Oh, that will that that number will go up. I'm sure it will. I'm absolutely sure it will because I died in, in the stupidest way in the end. Because like, how? So where are you guys at with the game? Because I because I've finished it, but I want to know where you guys are at with it i'm in the second major cluster of islands me too actually Ooh, yeah i'm oh. about three hours in so yeah okay. of, nice. it's not a super long game as is my understanding so i think i'm about in mm. terms of the missions i think i've probably got maybe like 40 percent of the way through the missions um from the mm. looks of my mm. mission board but yeah i'm just at the uh the volcanic islands with the the big waterfall and the sort of the many um Yes. Many little little rocky outcroppings. Yes. Oh, it looks right, I'm at the point though. after that then, sorry. Uh, I'm at okay. the third cluster by that. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I, I've, I've, I'm like near the end of the third bit. I will say I only have one criticism of this game and I, I wonder if you two agree. The, yeah. Is this a spoiler? It's not a... Um, you can tell we, me we this can, is a spoiler. Yeah, we'll retroactively. Yeah, okay. yeah. 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 So the bit that Rebecca is up to is the first time the game explicitly throws something at you that is a threat mm. is that fair to say 
I think it there depends is... how reckless you've been. <laughs> um, oh, I, I'm okay. Trying to, I'm trying to think of I definitely had met, um, I had met a threat before um, right, okay. at that point, but it was uh, through my own poor time management and decision making. <laughs> Wait, which one are we talking about? Which one are we talking about? So I'm talking about the large fish that moves between the narrow rivers within the second cluster of islands oh. the, the, with the one eye that yes, like that rises and tries to okay. nom you. Cool, yeah. cool, cool. Mm-hmm. My only problem is that I find that when the game actively tries to throw something at you that is a, that, that is a danger to you, it kind of doesn't feel like it quite manages to pull it off so i I found that i was really getting frustrated by the way this large fish was constantly knocking my engines and then i would have to spend probably like three in-game days to get back to the merchant to repair it and that kept happening to i didn't really have a way of getting past that and I don't know whether I would have preferred it if the horror was kept subtle. I don't know whether I necessarily needed a big fish to like really hammer home what was happening. I find what it does with the quote unquote boss character in the uh, mm. boss enemy in the second area to be way more interesting. How you can kind of like remove it. It, it has like some good tension mechanics around that without spoiling exactly what you do. But I found the first big boss monster to be a little bit frustrating. But I don't know if you agree with that. I can see why, like, definitely if that had been my experience of that, I would have found it very frustrating. Um, My experience of the first boss was almost the inverse of that, in that it it almost posed no threat to me. It came in... just mid? (laughs) I I think, honestly, that the reason that I think it might be is because I make incredibly random and poor purchasing decisions when upgrading my boat and i already had really really good engines so the main threat to me is that i'm not good enough at steering Uh, to avoid rocks so what i did was i went into that sort of arena got one hit by the boss it's sort of circling i do the um i do the salvaging part which is the point of going into that area get out very quickly and the point where I actually died, and this is very telling, is when I hit a rock just randomly in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> That's the one time right, I died. Okay. It's because I'd already taken two hits off that boss, and I was like, it's fine, it's fine, I've got two hits. Oh, didn't even see that. I just literally, I didn't even see what I hit. It just came up like, you died. Last check. Right, I was like, okay. oh, okay, um, fine. But yeah, it's it it does seem from that that it's it, it feels like an uneven application of the first boss encounter. If you can be real stymied by it or just basically breeze through it with barely noticing it's there yeah and i think it's the only issue i have with other than this i find every other element of it to be incredibly Mm. polished and very pleasing Mm -hmm. it's it was only that because i was playing it in bed and yolly was watching me play friend of the podcast yolanda was watching me play it (laughs) and she was like why do you keep having to go so slow for so long and i just i couldn't work out whether or not it was the game this is just what the game is. It was actively punishing me or whether I was just not evading this monster well enough. Maybe I should have upgraded more. Maybe the game was trying to tell me, come back when you've upgraded a little bit more. Mm. Who knows? It could very well be. Because like you say, the gating between the the islands is really smart. How you can travel anywhere at any point, but it really does hammer home. Actually, you need these specific bits of equipment to be here, Mm -hmm. which I think is really smart. Yeah, the way it communicates that uh unspoke like without words or 
is smart. Yeah. I... The thing is, I like it when something is subtle, but I want to see the big fish. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, I want to totally see it. I totally get that. That's I the thing. Totally I'm like, where is that. it? Where, I, I want to see it now. Like, okay, let's, yeah. I get I get the atmosphere. I get the vibe. Where is it? I want to see it. Um, which is why I Chanting, would like. <laughs> show me the fish. <laughs> give me the fish now. Which is why I'd like stay out at night on purpose and be like, where is it? I want to know. Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, I personally didn't have a, I thought the, my progression was all right. But then, yeah, that's the thing. Whenever I would find something that would annoy me, I'd just go back to Little Marrow, which is like the first like little area mm. and just upgrade a bunch or go find more research parts and make my ship more of a fortress. That's me pushing through then. That's a me problem. Potentially. But again, with, with an open game like that, it's, it's possible that that's going to happen. And I don't really know how they can... I feel like they did. I, I think I think I, I used to do user testing as a job and it used to frustrate the hell out of me when people would continue to butt their head against a problem when you've put so many countermeasures <laughs> in. And I think this is I think if someone who worked on Dredge watched me play that boss, they'd be like, Go back to little Marrow Liam for fuck's sake. <laughs> to be to be fair, Go though, home. I think that if I yeah. had if I had one criticism of the game, it would probably mm. be that as as someone who who doesn't really, who is very bad at at taking the opportunity to upgrade in games i i don't mm. feel particularly guided through that i feel like it is trial and error which is fine you know i'm mm. i'm happy enough trial and erroring it but i mean especially as someone who knows zero about any sort of vehicle i'm just there like i don't know what a <laughs> boat needs i guess i'll get this fancy fishing rod i accidentally bought too many engines which is probably why i'm so damn souped up that i can just <laughs> of everything it's so funny i think 90 engines yes i think i fluked my way into this being like a really powerful little boat you got a tank away. rebecca yeah. your boat's a tank oh it's a glass cannon i tell you it's like you can zoom <laughs> away from anything carrier. it's going right into the next rock i see <laughs> But yeah, that's the thing is I've not seen I'm not seeing the the bosses enough. I'm like I want to see the big fish some more, and it's just like I keep I keep leaving it behind a little bit too easily. You're crushing so. them. You're just you're flattening them in your huge boat. Immediately. <laughs> it's a tiny boat though. It's just got such big engines. You're There's the no fish on your boat. This world, <laughs> just engine. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> what have yeah. I done? I'm so sorry to all of the to all of the Lovecraftian deep sea horrors that I have hurt with my actions. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's the other thing. Like, if anyone is actually genuinely scared of the ocean, oh yeah, if you have, isn't for you. What's the what's that name for the fear of fish? Because yeah, it's oh, it's it's not gonna it's not gonna do you any favors if you have that. If you remember, we spoke about this. I think when Rachel uh, had this as a hyperfixation, I do not like Uh, fish. Yes, I, I, they scare me. Aquariums, like haunted houses. Yeah, I'm a big. I'm not a fish guy, so dredging these out of the ocean is a bit unsettling for me, even when they're not horrific. I see a normal snapper, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> a, a barracuda. Crab. <laughs> oh, I hate crabs so much. Are you kidding me? Oh, I can't think. No, you know what? I can't even think about crabs. This is. Do you want to know? Like we were talking about intrusive thoughts last week. This is yes. my intrusive crab thought. If I think about Oh, I'm getting like proper like the ick. I got it. This is so embarrassing, but I will admit it because okay. this is a safe space that's broadcast out to uh, three thousand people a month. <laughs> if I think of Japanese spider crabs, I would close my eyes. Every time I think about them, my intrusive thoughts is that one will walk through the door. No, oh, wow. it really, it really freaks me. <laughs> The crabs are coming. 
if they just, like if I think about them, I'll summon them. This is indicative of something. Yeah, they'll come in and then I'll be trapped and I don't want it. I kind of, I, I hate crabs so much. I kind of, I don't know why. So when I'm, when I'm getting them out the crab pot in this game, I'm like, I'm feeling really uneasy. This is why I don't need the boss monsters because I see a JPEG of a crab and that's enough <laughs> horror for me. Oh my God. All I can think now is that Animal Crossing must present actual issues for you. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Most anything with a crab oh, in. in in elden ring there's the big crabs oh when i got to the big crab part in elden ring a proper they were chasing me down i had to like walk away from the computer so yeah i don't know i don't like sebastian fish. I don't the like crab crabs. absolutely not get no, out of not here with all. that i would leave the cinema i would simply leave the cinema you drop kick that motherfucker i would crush him under the bandoot <laughs> immediately <laughs> no hesitation <laughs> i'd be crying when i did it but i wouldn't i would kill him immediately <laughs> <laughs> I, shall I can I just say that has that has the feeling of a Twitter snippet to it Liam's an 8 murder of Sebastian the Crab nah he's a right little fucker though isn't he yeah no, he's, there's, a, there's, he's, he's, a, he's a bootlicker <laughs> he's a bootlicker let's be honest he ratted her out did he I can't remember the did plot he? of Little Mermaid have I just have I got my own issues with this is crab Sebastian the Crab a snitch <laughs> is he is he a snitch Yes, because I asked. I literally have not seen that film in so many years. No, Me because neither. I can't remember a thing about it. You know what? I'm all up for crushing Sebastian the Crab, though. I'm with you. Yeah. I'll join you. <laughs> Ch- chuck the guppy in as well. <laughs> you know. What I mean? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Oh, uh, I know this is gone. This is gone. This oh. is gone next level because. Every time anyone mentions crabs now, Discord just cuts both of you out for me, which means that <laughs> you have both reached a pitch of, of yeah. excitement and hysteria that, that Discord thinks it is we, best I don't hear. So The three of us do reach a pitch where Discord's like, oh, that, oh. that must be a drill or something because it shouldn't be going on. Oh my God. Yeah. I d- That's incredible. I'm sorry, but that is so fucking funny. <laughs> I can't believe I've made that. The greatest fear. I can't. I'm, I've got I'm right now. I'm like, I'm on edge. I keep looking at the door. The cat's freaking me out because she's walking around. Fuck crabs and crab related things. I think a lot of that can uh, be cut. Yeah. Or not. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, well, we'll see. Okay. Whatever doesn't reflect badly on oh, us. Oh, <laughs> God. Um, yeah. So, games, guys. <sighs> dredge. Yeah. 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 Dredge. We're talking about Dredge. Very, incredibly very, good. Very great good. game. I think it might be my favorite thing I've played this year, to be honest. I'm only halfway Ooh. through. But cool. I, I think if it if it keeps this pace up toward like for its full runtime, mm. this is this is a proper proper all timer. Oh me, yeah, I think. Oh yeah, good. I really like same it. pace. Good pacing, right? You it yes. never oh, hits that yes. point with with games like this where you just feel like you're managing the day to day and not making any progress, which is often why when I bounce off games that have that mm-hmm. that like sort of daily routine and like like slowly mm-hmm. yeah. build up your um your your little business empire or your town or whatever mm. i so often mm. bounce off at the point where it's like i've done five days in a row and it felt like nothing new happened and i've never hit that point in mm-hmm. Georgia. yeah mm. there's always yeah, something new to do agreed. something yeah. to go see exactly exactly there's always like you know you've got your eye on the horizon right it's like the next you know the mm-hmm. next cool thing to go see you've got a little bit of an idea of what's in the next island chain um mm-hmm. yes yeah very very satisfying gameplay loop Yes, the ending yes. is also pretty Incredibly good. Incredibly good. Very uh-huh. quickly. Well, I fully so intend to have a lot to look forward to. Oh, me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Exciting. Yeah, I Looking agree. To that. It's totally in my top as well, in my mm-hmm. top games mm-hmm. from this year. Nice. 
For sure. Great Steam Deck game as well, I will say. Oh, I'll be yeah. playing on the Steam Deck. And other than some very slight, slightly wonky uh, analog stick controls when you're moving stuff from storage to your inventory. Oh, uh, right. It, it's an absolute treat on that platform. Runs great. Battery lasts for ages. Just plonk yourself on the sofa. Play a bit of dredge. Would recommend. Hell yeah. Nice. Awesome. Well, it's hyperfixation time. Yeah. <laughs> I got I've forgotten how the song goes. It's really good though. <laughs> okay. Oh, how long? I was just waiting to see how long you go. I was I was enjoying this so much. I know. I I feel like if if, if you can sing the song, I'll just replace it from now on. As to you just doing it. Yes. No one can match Rachel's enthusiasm for for singing the uh, I do singing like... the sting music herself. I do like a sing I song. I love it. <laughs> I love that the more episodes we do, the more confident you get to sing as well. It's it, it's really blossoming over the course of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> One day I will just burst into musical number. Maybe for a hyperfixation, oh, I'd be like, my hyperfixation this <laughs> this episode is me singing. And then just <laughs> launch to Hamilton or something. <laughs> 25 minute rendition. <laughs> Uh, I was going to say yes, Hamilton. <laughs> okay. Um, yes, <laughs> Hyper Fixations. Um, who wants to go first? Go on, Rebecca. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> They're saying this because they already know what mine is because mm-hmm. I'm back on my bullshit again. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so, yes, as uh, as my, my lovely co hosts have already heard quite a bit about, I finished Danganronpa 2 over the bank holiday weekend and I'm extremely Ooh. excitable about this fact. Oh, you finished it? I finished it, it yeah. I, I, oh, I didn't realise you finished it. I finished the main it. story on... Congratulations. Just, uh, thank you. Congratulations. Um, I finished the main story <laughs> on Monday, so I've still got all the post-game modes to do and there is a lot of post-game in a Danganronpa game. So there's, there's, there's mm. like at least 15 hours still to go realistically oh my god okay um, wow but yeah i finished the main story so i kind of know what's going on i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say anything about the main story because holy shit it gets lore heavy in a in a way that is like painful like i enjoy it but i was just like this is such a lot of lore oh, wow. so and yeah obviously mm. i have many thoughts feelings so many feelings uh criticisms admittedly praises as well a lot of a lot of stuff going through my head that's what i say fully back on my Fully back on my Danganronpa bullshit, like can't eat, can't sleep, that level of hyperfixated, which <laughs> you know, it. that's where I'm at. So but I used I used the energy that I had having finished that on Monday morning, and holy shit, that last case goes on forever. Oh, I got God. up at like 7 a.m., started playing and finished at 10, and I was like, I was already in the trial. How did we have three hours of exposition? Oh, this is crazy. Goodness. It was a lot. Me. Yeah. It was a lot. Mm. And like I will say, usually the last trials in these games not the best part because that's when they lore dump. So yep. I was just like, okay, finally we finished. Right, okay. Whew, okay, um, but I did I did <laughs> like the ending eventually, I will say. Um, but I decided that with the rest of my day, uh, for the last day of the bank holiday, I was going to get out a little art project that I, I had um, since Christmas, actually, which is, hold on, I'm going to pull up my notes for this because I've written it down. Um, for Christmas, my partner... Um, my my very kind partner got me um a i think it's three inch um cross stitch kit like hoop sewing kit of my Wonderful. favorite yeah. danganronpa character because um oh. there is a 
uh, Etsy shop called the Griffin Wing Workshop. Griffin Wing, all one word, who has done these these kits of every single Danganronpa character, which is a huge commitment of their time. Wow, that's, that like, really that's like is. 50 or 60 characters. Oh. Um, that's so many. And yeah, they, they sell um, either just the pattern or the kit, which is what I got, or just the pre-made uh, the pre-made thing. Um, and because I was saying that I was sad that I couldn't make fan art because I have I have my very particular favourite character from these games who I I wanted to have fan art of in my house. Um, and I was <laughs> like, but I can't I can't make it because I can't I can't draw. I know we've said this before. I can draw just really badly. Um, <laughs> but like something like cross stitch to a pattern, I was like I could probably manage. So my partner, bless him, went and found this on Etsy and gave it to me for oh. Christmas. And um, so yeah, I I spent the i spent four or five hours on monday afternoon just just sewing um first time in about 25 years i've sewn something and i having so much fun and now i'm at that point where i'm like i'm sewing in my sleep i'm waking up thinking about like so excited to sew some more and it's gonna look it's already looking so good and that is entirely thanks to the lovely person who made the pattern which is why i really wanted to shout them out here because they hell yeah they they mainly do danganronpa but they do other things they do uh, Mass Effect, Dragon Age, Final Fantasy, Animal Crossing, and Akudama Drive, Ooh. which is an anime by the original writer of Danganronpa. Um, and yeah, they just do really lovely, lovely stuff. Um, and yeah, so who's the cross stitch of Rebecca? Who's your number one? Should I say because it's kind of a spoiler for Liam? Don't you think? <laughs> I've not even been gendering them because I'm like, is it too much of a spoiler to say? It's just a character. Oh, before I think it's all right. Oh, okay, he um, won't remember. He won't remember. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm very dumb. <laughs> <laughs> You're not dumb. You're not dumb. Who told that. you that? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. I got this. <laughs> Why did we get here? <laughs> I'm very dumb. <laughs> I love that vibe. Me too. Mm. All right, it's not gonna it's not gonna mean a damn thing to you at this point, but I will say for the benefit of the dozens of dozens of fellow Danganronpa fans who I'm sure are out there somewhere, um, <laughs> my favorite character is Kiyotaka Ishimaru. I I love him so much. He is the bestest boy, and uh, I will the not lad. be taking no questions, no criticisms. The law. <laughs> he is a good lad. Yeah, I'm not remember no. that. <laughs> a very good boy. He is. I. Two things. One, need to see a picture of this cross stitch. Oh, hold on. Like, I sent one to Rachel, so I'm going to slack oh, that did you? to you. Yeah, I send that. Have it. Second, you know who loves cross stitching? Friend of the podcast, Yolly. No you know who listens to this podcast? Oh. Yolly. You know who I now can't use that amazing Etsy shop that I've just been looking at while you were talking to buy a Christmas present for Yolly? <laughs> Me. Because the stuff's great. And God damn it. Not your fault at all. <laughs> uh, incredible patterns. The, the Aerith cross stitch is wild very complex Danganronpa is like one of the most stressiest games ever and yet cross stitch is the mo- one of the most relaxing things ever and so just like mm. the combination of these two is just fantastic. it was a good way to come down after the very emotional end of the second game was just sitting and cross stitching you crying and <laughs> just cross stitching your boy I didn't cry at the end of game two yeah specifically true. not at the end and not at game two like I'm with you as much as I love those games I do not play we talked about this a bit I do not play for the law I I do not perceive the law I do not understand <laughs> it I just play for those trials and and the characters I don't as soon as like yeah the law dump comes in I'm just like click 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 yeah I'm gonna be really... I don't know really real and i've said this to rachel already i don't think the law is that solid 
I think if you think about it for a minute, it kind of crumbles real easily. Mm-hmm. But I love the characters so much that I'm just like, I'm fully invested. That's fair. Yeah, that looks it's fun. It just doesn't so stand up to any examination. So yeah, that's that's my outline. My outline of my my pixel art best boy. It looks amazing. <laughs> the hair it's looks so good. good. It's coming together. Look how they cross stitched my boy. <laughs> Is that is that anything? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Anyway, thank you as ever for letting me bang on about my now is it I think I'm about two and a half years into this hyperfixation. Mine lasts a long time. Let's so, keep going. Oh, I love it. V three. <laughs> oh god, I need a break and I need to do ultra, ultra <laughs> despair girls and I need to watch the anime that finishes the Hope's Peak arc. So we've oh, got a while god. to go. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it. It's keep, so I, much. I didn't even bother with Despair Girls and the anime. I was like, I cannot. I can't. Yeah. I need to. This is my. Yeah, this is my. That's addiction. the thing with you. You need like even if the law doesn't make any sense, you're like, but I need to understand. <laughs> I know. What is it? Compels me though. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is the yeah the perfect descriptor. That is one hundred percent Rebecca's vibe. I love yes. it. Yes. Right? Did I? I actually said that to you yesterday. I literally yes. was like Benoit Blanc voice compels me though. Yes, that is one thousand percent you. Oh my god. Oh god. I love it. Uh, I absolutely love it. Thank you so much for indulging me, guys. Who's next? <laughs> no, I'm. I'm happy that we're documenting it because it's fascinating. To me. So I'm, I'm. I'm glad that you bring it. Go on then, Liam. My hyperfixation is a book I have read and finished because I've learned my lesson from my previous hyperfixations on this podcast. Hmm. It is a book called You Exist Too Much by, and I'm going to say this name incorrectly, so I apologize. I want to say Zaina Arafat. Um, It's quite a short book. I chewed through it in a couple of weeks. It is about a young unnamed woman, which is very interesting, whose parents are from Palestine. She lives in the U.S., And it is a book about her issues with love addiction. The book starts with her um, splitting up with her long-term girlfriend. uh, And the majority of the book takes place in a a sort of like a retreat for people with addictions. Wow. And throughout the book, it examines her her past relationships with uh, partners, what it means to be queer when you have a, a, a mother who comes from a completely different culture to the one you were raised in, who doesn't agree. Um, with the p- partners that you choose. Um, it it examines a lot about the transgenerational trauma of growing up with someone who is from the West mm. Bank and going back to the West Bank on a yearly basis to see family, but that not being the your homeland because you grew up in the US and what, what that means. Um, her mother is a narcissist um, who is never happy and, and you know is very self-centered. And, and what does that do to a young woman who's just trying to find her place in the world? And and it sort of examines all this, you know, this cluster, this tapestry of of, of things that work against her. Um, and it just sort of gives you a slice of life about her time within this, um, within this sanctuary and the people she meets. And then it goes a little bit, um, follows her after she comes out of that place for a couple of months. And it's just, it's, I wouldn't say it's necessarily like a hopeful book. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say that it's, it, it's a book that impacted me in any profound way but it it stuck with me i've been thinking about it a lot um and i just think it's a really just an interesting slice of life from obviously perspectives as a you know as a as a white british cis man is is just perspective i never would have had and i i just think it's a really fascinating novel and i would very much recommend it wow it's good i love books book. with a good title oh my god that, that is a powerful me- title oh. i was like such thing. a good title it it is a line from the novel 
Uh, and it is a gut punch when it comes up. It's it's a beautiful. It's you know it, it's beautiful. Even the even the way that the character is never named because I didn't realize it until halfway through. Really, I was like, wait, what is she called? Like it's first person. It's from her perspective. Mm-hmm. And when you sort of realize why she hasn't, why she isn't named, it, that is just another layer of sadness. And yeah, Damn. a really profoundly beautiful book that is just just a really. A really good thing that exists and i'm really really happy i read it wow yeah. what a lovely recommendation oh so good that's going right on my audible wish list <laughs> your boy read a book i mean it was either that or, or mousley the uh <laughs> the fan art of ashley Very Graham oh, as so i thought hmm, which of the two to choose from <laughs> it, it does have to be said that like when i opened our slack dm so that i could send you a picture of my cross stitch i saw all of our resident evil memes that we've just been shit posting each other <laughs> and oh, now it's like yeah, it it's all momentarily distracted by them <laughs> oh, <dear>. the resident <laughs> yeah. evil mods have been so great i've been loving them the mouse the mousely one is Mousley. uh Mousley. Uh, we do love best. a bit of Mousley. You know what? Like my, I've been walking around. Like my, like I keep saying it is got some rare cheese on sale, stranger. But like the, <laughs> like the merchant, like all the time. Just know where I am. I'll just be like under the, under my breath. Just got some rare cheese on sale, stranger. And I just need, I need to lie down. Someone needs to unplug me from reality for like a, a year. Oh god, yeah. I have said again. Same brain. I have said literally almost the exact same thing recently i'm sure just like <laughs> just <laughs> let me unplug from reality <laughs> yeah just let me just let me sink into the into the soupy depths of my own mind and sort shit out for a year and then i can come mm. back and be a functional human again ideally <laughs> yeah god i relate to that so much <sighs> yeah yep. please what's this there's a book that i'm reading that's something similar what's it called it's about this young woman you don't have to put this in the pod but it's like this young woman who's like have her, she's had like rich parents and they've died and so oh my year of rest and solitude oh i've and been looking at that one my year of rest and relaxation I've heard of that. And she, yes that's exactly um, it and she i it's so funny how you both were like oh yeah that sounds great because this book it's i don't think it's supposed to be like a good thing because she's literally hibernating for a year and she has like she's like pumping drugs and alcohol like into her system so that she can like just keep sleeping right. um for an entire year but you know, without all those horrible, horrible side effects, I was like, "Damn, this girl got it good." Like, I want that. <laughs> I got to admit, like, I've seen this book in Waterstones a few times, and I've I've yes. looked at it, and I didn't realize quite how heavy it got. But I was like, just the concept well, and what it's saying. Once you read the blurb, and you're like, okay, so this is this is not like. Well, this is the thing about it. It's, it's not quite cheery, tongue in cheek. Like, it's quite yeah. tongue in cheek about it because she is a rich bitch, and so it's <laughs> a bit. She's <laughs> a bit sassy about it, and it's not like essentially like a commentary on like drug and alcohol addiction she's just using this to get some some rest because she's just thinks that there's just a lot of trauma in her life but yes the actual like way she's going about it i was like damn this girl she got <laughs> she got it good i want i want that is there anything Which is worse so fucked when up. like yeah, but I do that all the time. I will like i will see characters that are so self-destructive in media and i'll be like does look appealing though not gonna lie <laughs> like, she makes it work <laughs> yeah i so a tessa mosh fair i want to say her name is i'm just looking at a goodreads profile who wrote my year of rest and relaxation which i almost bought as well on the way to boston uh, so you should... again same brain we're all gravitating towards the same yep. media Clearly. she wrote a book called lap vona which ed really recommended to me the other week oh so my god that's... we should have a book club yeah 
I'm in my own little book club. I'm reading, <laughs> yes, that book, which is really good. I've not finished it yet, though. <gasps> Can't mention it in the podcast. Mm. I've not finished it because <laughs> it might be bad at the end, <laughs> like with that another book that should not be named. <laughs> tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. <clears throat> which you guys, that book is, yeah. that you guys really hate wild. that ending then? I didn't hate it. I was just uh, like, the fuck? <laughs> I get I get the, the fuck, but yeah. yeah. So yeah, it was fine. I thought the last third of that book lost all steam, personally. Yeah, I was a bit like, Ooh. yeah, I get it. I did enjoy it, but I do get it. What is your hyperfixation, Rachel? My hyperfixation is <laughs> lo-fi girl lore, which has um, <gasps> completely enraptured me over the past two days. <laughs> what now? So happy you're talking about this. Get in, yes. yes. So you know, Rebecca, there's like that um, lo-fi hip hop beats to relax, slash, slutty too, and there's a girl in there. Yeah. Well, a couple of days ago. She disappeared. She wasn't at her desk anymore. And it was like, where's she gone? And in like in like the background behind her, there was a little window with a blue light on. And everyone was like, what's that window? What's going on? What's happening? This is just supposed to be like a channel that plays cool music. Why is there now suddenly stuff happening in my very <laughs> relaxed, chill, personal bubble, which I've created getting a bit personal there. But anyway, I was just like, what's happening? Where's she gone? <laughs> Turns out that <laughs> There is now a law to Lo-Fi Girl in which now there seems to be Synthwave Boy, who is Lo-Fi Girl's counterpart, but instead of it being like Lo-Fi Hip Hop Radio uh, Beats to Relax slash Study to, his is Synthwave Radio Beats to Chill slash Game to. So it's a very different vibe. Turns out the little blue window was like his window from across the street situation. So... You can see her like her little window in his video, and you can see his little room in her video. So they're like opposite ends of the city, but you, they can still see each other, and it's great, and I love it, and That's I just like so that. Cute, yeah, and and like it's really good. I love a bit of synth wave. It was just it's definitely a different vibe than like um, lo-fi hip hop. It's definitely more a bit more electronic. Like it's in the title. It's more synthy. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's great. I I love that they've they had they got this little corner of the internet because like I've been listening to like lo-fi hip hop live stream for so many years to the point where I've got my own like little playlist of like ga game soundtracks that are lo-fi because it's just so it's a good it's a good set of music to write to because I can't do anything with lyrics because I'm just I end up listening to the lyrics and I end up typing them out because I'm just like oh so it's just a good it's a good background music so yeah I'm really happy that they've no there's now a law behind lo-fi girl and now we have synth wave boy and it's I great. love that so much <laughs> it was no so idea. exciting yes it was very yeah. it was very exciting when she disappeared <laughs> it was like where's she gone yeah. Everyone thought there was a. Everyone was like, "Oh my god, are they gonna do like NFTs? Are they gonna like what's gonna happen? Yeah. We really don't want anything shitty to happen." And it was just that they were bringing out a new character, and it was nice. That's so good. I'm. I when you first said, I was like, "Is this an ARG? Is this the slowest burn ARG ever?" It's like it was <laughs> all about her disappearance all along. But no, I'm glad it's happy. I'm glad it's a. Yeah, I'm glad it's a happy thing for her. Girl, I was like, "Where's right. she gone?" I was like, "I need her. She's like a staple in my life." <laughs> so yeah glad it wasn't bad did they make up that original image or is it from an anime because I, I i always assumed it was just like a, a picture that someone took from something else so, and then eventually they've like made it their own and animated it and stuff it's but I don't... based on 
off an image from Ghibli's film Whisper of the Heart, where she's studying at her desk. Is but it's not, they've, it looks like they've traced it and it's their own character now, I think. But the original is from Whisper of the Heart and it's like her studying at her desk. A uh, great film, by the oh, way. Oh, God, yeah, very, um, very similar. So I think it was originally that, but then they changed it to their own creation, um, I think. Um, yeah, that, that sounds about right. Because yeah. she doesn't have a cat in hers, and but she's fa- she's facing the same way. She's like at her desk with a lamp and she's like studying. Mm. The headphones. Um, yeah. And I'm pretty sure they had like Studio Ghibli, like lo-fi remixes of like their songs. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not sure um, if it's definitely theirs. Interesting. That that character. I mean, it must be if they're introducing another character. How exciting! But okay, okay, but 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 it says to chill slash game to girl. He ain't gaming. He's typing something. He's like, he's like doing some work. So I'm just like, but he's not. He's not gaming though. So it could be a text adventure. Maybe it's maybe it's classic colossal adventure. cave. Yeah, but it's not. It's not was though. I I know. I was looking. I was like, that ain't. I don't know what's going on. But I was like. <laughs> He's not gaming. You gotta get in those comments. You gotta leave an angry comment. <laughs> no, I love Unless him. Actually, <laughs> could you imagine? I'm a journalist. And actually, no, I love him. He's great. That's I just so was cute. a bit like, but he ain't, he ain't gaming now. It's fine. Sus. I forgive it because it's a really cool idea. But yeah, yeah I love it great. when shit like that happens on the internet. I love weird internet. Yes. Like, yeah. Just oh. wholesome content. Mm. Yeah. When stuff used to happen like that when we were younger. It was always for something like this. It's sad that now when something starts to happen, the immediate thought is NFT. Yeah, well, yeah. I was just for and fun. I, I That's so nice. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just, just a fun little product launch. Not even that. Just a just a different service they're offering to people. Yeah, it's just mm-hmm. nice. That's mine. Cool. I'm glad she's good, back. Good hyperfixation. <laughs> yeah, me too. It was, it was, oh, touch and go for a minute there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter a storm. Oh yeah, the Twitter storm was mad. What if it was like a an eight year long ERG for something like Raid Shadow Legends? <laughs> I was thinking more for something Can you like imagine um, the outcry. Or something like Alice is missing, or something like a you know a, a sort of mm. like kickstarted game. Mm. Yes, um, that'd be cool. Where it's just like yeah. oh, it was it was always well. I mean, imagine that. Imagine if you were like working on a game, and so you're like, I know what I'll do. I'll start a live stream. 24 7 live stream just of some music i like get lo-fi get you all hobby. invested in the characters mm-hmm. and then Amazing. and then when i'm ready absolutely <laughs> demolish them or something horrible <laughs> oh yeah see that's the sort of thing that happens in in the fictional worlds i occupy most of the time so i'm <laughs> yes. really pleased that it's it's nicer it was wholesome yeah on this occasion that <laughs> is good yeah is it time for the outro i believe so I think we're done. I'm good, but I think we're done. Outro, it's been outro. so nice. Guys, I've just remembered something that I should tell. I don't know if this should go in the pod. This is like a personal story, um, like a nice one. But I just, my parents told me recently <laughs> this this story from my childhood that still sums me up and I've got no memory of it, but I think it like really yes. describes my hyperfixations, which is that when I was about four, they took me to the cinema to see the Power Rangers movie, which I, I loved Power Rangers so much. Um, and it was one of the first times that I'd been to the cinema and I was obviously like really hyped for it. And afterwards, yeah. um, because it was like a special day out for a four-year-old, they took me to McDonald's and I wasn't eating oh. um, my food. And and I was quite a picky eater as a kid. So they were like, why aren't you, you know, like try and get her to eat. And apparently I said, when when questioned, I said, I'm not really hungry because I'm still so full up from the film. And... <laughs> 
And that is still me at 32. Amazing. So I'm just like, oh my God. When they told me that, I was like, one of, the, one, of the last, one of the most recent times I've seen them, so in the past few months, I have no memory of this, but I'm like, why do I still have my four-year-old personality <laughs> as much as I do? She's fed. God. Right. She's eaten well. Right? That is, yeah, she exactly. ate. Exactly. <laughs> she... <laughs> Girl, she ate. Exactly. <laughs> that is... That is filled my heart that is oh, so that's beautiful adorable. I, I don't know when i don't know whether that should just be an us story or a pod story but i wanted to let you guys know that is your story to tell buddy <laughs> if you want me to leave it in i will if you want me to cut it i'll cut um, it that but thank you for you sharing can it leave regardless. it in because i do like that story and i yeah, think it, it sums me up really well so sweet um, but if it just comes out of nowhere then don't feel like you have to but <laughs> I'll, I'll it'll fit but yeah I'll find rebecca a as hyperfixator in like 1995 <laughs> confirmed <laughs> love it absolutely we named that segment so well yeah didn't we? like it was very appropriate perfect <laughs> anyway there we go i don't usually do childhood stories but there love it love that you did <laughs> thank you for listening take us home rachel time for the outro time for the outro time for the outro <laughs> Disco dance. Disco dance. Disco dance. Hey, thank you so much for listening to Indiescovery. Your support is massively appreciated. If you'd like to get in touch with the three of us, you can do so by sending an email to podcast at rockpapershotgun.com. If you'd like to chat to cool people about PC gaming, you can hop on over to our Discord server. We'll leave a link in the show notes. If you'd like to support the pod, you can do so by rating and reviewing us on your podcast provider of choice. Uh, if you could also tell your friends, family, pets, whoever about the good times you've shared with us, that would be fabulous. If you want more cool podcasts, you should also check out our sister podcast, The Electronic Wireless Show. They chat about a wider world, about the... Excuse me. Okay, I'm ready now. If you want more cool podcasts, you should also check out our sister podcast, The Electronic Wireless Show, who chat about the wider world of PC gaming. And the most recent episode was all about The Last of Us PC port, which, well, we all know how that went. It was great. I would uh, massively recommend that episode. It was very funny. <laughs> For your PC gaming needs, you should head on over to rockpapershotgun.com or you can find us over on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. Thanks again, folks. And until next time, it's goodbye from us. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.